Saturday, bloody Saturday. <laughs> we usually record on Sunday, bloody Sunday. But tomorrow is a very special day for all those moms out there. That's mm-hmm. Mother's Day. For our wonderful moms. And you know what? I think we can all do a better job to be better sons. I know I can for sure. <laughs> These um, bitches are so upset. Right, right, right. I think we can all do a better job of that, man. So I know in my experience, dude, you know, I'm just not, I'm not the best, man. I'm not the best at, at you know, keeping in contact with my mom and uh, telling her what's going on in my life. And like, it makes me, and you know, recently it really, uh, it makes me feel a little sad, man, you know? So I know that if anyone's out there listening and they haven't talked to their mom in a while or they got something going on with their reach out, man. Reach out and, and try to lay aside any of the issues that you guys have and just tell her that you love her. You know, that's all they want to hear. They just want to see you and tell you that they love her. And I'm saying all this stuff for myself because this is something that I'm currently going through with my mom. You know, it's it's and it's tough, man. It is really tough, but it doesn't need to be is my point. So if you got a mom out there, uh, take the time to give her a call. Doesn't take long. Tell her you love her. And uh, yeah, man, something else they might want to hear. Ding butt, good big, big butt. Yeah, <laughs> let your mom know she got a nice badonka dog. <laughs> Let's do some introductions. <laughs> this episode of Last Week Out is brought to you by Sissy Art, like all the episodes of Last Week Out. Why? Because Sissy Art is sick. And it's all about the Sissy Gang, y'all. It's the only art I have hanging up in my house. It's the only art David has hanging up in his house. It's the only art Anthony has hanging. That's a lie, but that's okay. But he does have sissy art hanging. I do up have in sissy house. art in the house, though. Mm-hmm, but he has plenty of art. That's our guest. The only art that they have is sissy art as well. But that can also be a lie. But I know that some of the amazing sissy art stuff is made at her house. So that's very cool. It is. Um, well, yeah, man. The Technicolor stepmom herself. The Technicolor the stepmom herself. If you remember <laughs> the building in the Technicolor <laughs> live today on last week out. So that's uh that's what we got going on there. If you like that lo-fi banger, that was Devin J Hancock. You can follow him on Instagram at Devin J Hancock. He's got some really cool stuff. He just like put out a music video. He's producing. He's mixing. He's mastering, and his stuff. It's it's pretty rad, you know. He's got a lot of cool stuff on Spotify as well. But again, you can follow him at Devin J Hancock. Um, you can DM us for any kind of advice or any questions or anything like that. Email us at lastweekout at gmail. That's the lastweekout at gmail. Mm-hmm. And follow us on Instagram at lastweekout. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Um, you know, just show some support for your for your homies out here trying to spread some positivity and to spread some love. Um, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all the platforms where you can find a podcast, we're on there. So that's out of the way. Okay, adjacent to my left is Anthony Taylor. Round of applause, David. All right, okay, Woo. thank you. <laughs> golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. <laughs> Anthony Tatum plays a very integral part of this podcast. Without him, the tripod falls. He is the conversationist. He is the one that keeps things going. And recently I heard someone say, they're like, do you write any of the questions down? And I'm like, no. That's all off the top of Anthony's head because he's a genius. You know what else is off the top of my head? 
his hair. <laughs> he looks like a ch 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 chia pet. I'm feeling nice. I got a nice summer cut. Yeah, he's got a nice I Highly recommend cut. the summer cut for mm -hmm. anybody looking to get all that hair. Mm -hmm. Wake up, ready to go. Summer stash 2019, baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the boards, mixing, mastering, doing some very complicated work, as always, mm -hmm. is Mr. Big Daddy Slack 420. Plays it, dude. I'm gonna get you. He's gonna get you. He's gonna get you. He's if for those of you wondering, that's another thing, dude. Is without <laughs> him, this is there is no podcast. There just isn't because you, the first off, he gives us the space in his house. <laughs> yeah, and he's <laughs> that's we, first. The first off, and he does all of like the really difficult stuff that I cannot wrap my mind around. You want me to build something for you? Give me some tools and some plans and I'll handle it. You want me to do something on the interweb? Put it out there on the line? I can't do that. <laughs> I don't know how to mix, master, and edit like this guy. So I'm extremely grateful for him. So quick shouts out to David Slack over there in the corner oh, doing his thank thing. You, thank David. you so thank much. Thank you, David. You're the best. And today we have a very special guest. And I said that about all my guests. Why? Because every guest is very, very special. Because mm -hmm. what we're doing here is kind of weird and kind of awkward, right? We're being transparent. We're talking about life. We're talking about inspiration, motivation, struggle, loss, whatever the case may be, man. We're talking about it and we're putting it out there on the table. So hopefully someone out there listening can have an experience and maybe they can get a little just a just a little piece of advice that could possibly propel them to the next level in their life or get them out of that real dark spot into the next tier right so our guest today is a bonus mom a regular mom a lawyer <laughs> a professional and looking real good for 50 years old she told me she was 50 this morning and my first thought was what no way you didn't no tell us that way. you told Chad that she okay. said that, but not to share. You weren't listening, <laughs> bud. I thought we're being transparent here. <laughs> you weren't listening here, bud. Okay, okay. I did tell you. You did? I did. At the table? I did. I don't pay enough attention. And plus, it might have been before we got coffee. Well, I um, said lawyer, too, and you kind of had like the glaze. I know, I know. I was, why, are we, I was like, why are we staring at each other right now? Did I miss something? Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Um, I'm glad to be here. And so I, I think that it would be important to kind of tie this into the Mother Day special. Um, Kristen's relation to us as a whole is very minimum to me and Chad. Actually, I think we've met in passing a couple of times, maybe at art shows and things like that for Tara. Quite possible. But what she is, is she is Tara Galore, who is David Slack's longtime uh, lady and counterpart and better half. And roommate. And roommate, yeah, they, the <laughs> rent uh, helper, is, um, this is her stepmother. Yes. And that has been for how many years? Well. Feels like 20. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I've been with her dad, Adam, for eight years. Eight years. But we got married, you know, in 2015. So technically speaking. Well, so for everyone listening, it's Saturday. Uh, tomorrow is Mother's Day. I don't know if we're dropping the special early or if we're going to still drop on Monday. But uh, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. And for anyone listening, uh, happy Mother's Day to y'all if you're mothers. And if, like Chad said, if you have mothers and it's Monday and you missed Mother's Day, come up with a good lie. Call right as you're listening to this. Get it sorted out. Um, Tell me how to podcast to record. Yeah, just Tell reach out. Just, just reach, reach out. They just appreciate say it. Say hi. That's it. Just it a means text. A lot. 
Really? The voice helps. So oh, the voice call. call. But, but if you have to do the text, do the text. <laughs> so don't, do the text. Se- don't send an it email. Was, it was a, <laughs> preferably not. But Chad said it best. I just, it, it means so much. It really, truly does. Oh, God. It does. It does. That's so nice to hear from you. It's going to perpetuate me to call my mom after the episode. Well, that's what it's about, right? Perfect. <laughs> so... Before we, I mean, that's obviously not all you are, and I think it'd be really awesome to kind of talk about who you are, uh, where you came up, what your deal is, and you were telling us a lot. You sound incredibly interesting and incredibly <laughs> successful in your career. Um, so I think kind of telling us uh, where you were raised. Are you from Arizona? I am not. I am from the good old Midwest. Where at? Outside of Cleveland. It's a uh, little tiny <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I said outside of Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. It's Ohio Falls. Still, it's a tiny little town. Outside. So uh, is your, you got a football family? Browns? Yeah. Bengals? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're Browns gross. fans? I was a huge Browns oh, fan. Oh, it's a great year to be a Browns fan right now. I don't know if you know that. Well, is wrong that, podcast. It, wrong sorry. podcast. I was going to say, I just, I'm, I, wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. We'll, we'll push through that. So, because <laughs> I don't give a fuck about what you're talking about right now. So, you, get to the juice, dude. You and pretty much get to the everyone juice. else on the planet yeah, could there's care like less about the Browns. It's really sad. Just sports in general, bud. Get to the juice. <laughs> so, you, how long were you out there? In Cleveland? Sure. Well, I went to law, or I went to undergrad at uh, University of California, Santa Barbara. So and right when I graduated high school, I left. Boom, you're out of there. Yeah. Grew up out in California after that, or you, how yeah. long were you out there? Until I went back to Ohio for law school. Okay. So <laughs> Tara, Tara and I were in Cleveland uh, a year and a half ago. We drove through there. The best thing to do there was to uh, leave. Okay, be nice. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. So there's a Michigan-Ohio rivalry yes. that exists yes. that's never going away. So, so I know LeBron James listened to this podcast. LeBron, I apologize <laughs> to them in advance. We don't believe that. We understand it's a great place. He's a Laker now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. She moved he with him. He goes back to Cleveland every once in a while. So, you know. Just to check in. Right. He's from Cleveland. That's right. Akron. Um, so you were out in California. So straight from high school, you went into law school. It, Did, you didn't well, miss a you beat? Have to go through, you have to go through undergraduate mm-hmm. undergraduate degree. So what did you get your undergrad in? A Bachelor of Science in Biopsychology. Okay. So I did like, you know, animal research. <laughs> was that something you were passionate back then? I was. I loved studied the brain. Loved studying the brain, I should say. And so you can't do that necessarily on humans. So we did it on Not ethically, huh? We did it on rats. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Were they cute? No. In fact, I had a huge fear of rats. Like I was afraid of them. And one of my TAs said, okay, we're we're just, we're going to have to get you over this. And he took me in the lab and made me hold out my arms and he puts like 20 rats all over my- Live rats? Yeah. Yeah, like mm. I, I, I literally had, yeah, like it was a Joe Rogan. It was Joe Rogan. Your <laughs> it was terrible. He was it was messed up, man. I'm serious. I, yeah, it was, fear it is was, not a factor for you. I, yeah, I have like post traumatic stress disorder. From, <laughs> swear to God. So yeah, I'm cool. kind of I'm kind of like freaking out in my head. So when you guys dice like open up a rat, is dissect? Yeah, they're yeah, dead dissect? then. Just I mean they're not alive. I mean, but they obviously go from the point of yeah, being alive okay. and on your arms well, to being to dead. Skip that. Who part, kills them? Do you kill them? 
You don't kill them when you cut yes. them open and o- look at their no brains. Comment. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Chad's a strong so, vegan. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. It was I don't do that anymore. And I didn't, you know, I didn't anyway. It was in the yeah. name of science. Yeah, though, rats so. must die so we must live. All the PETA people in, in the school let all the rats out of the lab mm. one year. That's what I'm re- And everyone got super Viva sick. la Revolution. <laughs> they they all died within twenty four yeah, hours, I'm sure did. too. Yeah. So kinda, good job, PETA. Kinda, <laughs> it's kinda sad. They anyway. died in the own environment so um so didn't you, really expect to go into that your undergrad <laughs> you're, you're you're looking at animals you yes. already knew you were heading to law school though no okay. i was a pre-med major oh and then, really well yeah i mean it was a it was one avenue to go to medical school and that's what i wanted to be a neurosurgeon so med school or law school do you which which one of your parents is a doctor or a lawyer neither neither yeah I feel like that's such a pressured sort of journey that you were on. You were like, I'm going to go to med school or law school. Normally a parent is like, that's what our journey is. For me, in this family, it's internal. It's, you know, I, there are certain people that have personalities that are, you know. Type A's. Yeah, I was going to say that. But yes, I've been known to be. Cold. A very type A. Yeah, much less so now. I've mellowed out so much. Oh, my God. Why do yeah, you think I, that is? Uh... Corona. Just life they, beating the uh, shit out of you? Exactly. <laughs> Are you serious? Pretty much exactly what happened, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, my wife's But I can look at it in a good way now. Down. Okay. So, so how okay. many, do you have any siblings? I do. Are they, what are they doing for careers? Mm, they both stay at home. Okay, so are you the oldest? I am. Yeah, you're that older, perfect sibling. Yeah, (laughs) I fell from grace at one point, so, you know. Oh, I want to get to that. Oh, God. Okay, so (laughs) so you go to pre-med, or you're in in, uh, Santa Clara, am I correct? Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, all the Santa, Santa Ana, Santa Barbara. So um, you go to school. Santa Claus. (laughs) And you decide that you're Santa Claus. (laughs) So you decide, I'm going to go to law school. I did. And then where do you end up getting into law school? Uh, University of Akron. My dad actually bought out his business partner after a huge falling out, literally like four months before I was supposed to go to law school. And he said, hey, great job, honey, but you're going to have to pay for that. So (laughs) I said, Akron, here I come. Back to Akron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then did you finish school? No problems. Straight through. Like you never took a year off or anything like that? No. That's so impressive. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I look at I look at education a lot differently than I used to. What do you I mean? used to think that was the only way to do it. That's mm-hmm. what you do. Yeah. That's what. If you have any hope and prayer and on this earth, then that's what you must do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't I don't think that anymore. What do you think now? I I look at especially because my you know between Adam and I we have five kids and they're all so different and they've they've each taught me a lot and I think I truly think that everybody's journey is very individual mm-hmm. and it, and that would have been really hard for me to say a long time ago be like right. well yeah it's individual but they don't know what the hell they're doing <laughs> which kids taught I, you the most yeah <laughs> <laughs> all of them have taught you a lot you know what I like my brain <laughs> is just exploding from knowledge from the five kids yeah yeah it all all really good Depending on how you, <laughs> <laughs> from a good but I mean, perspective, I, no, it is. As I, I, it's one really nice thing about being older. You, yeah. you look at things, even even horrible things, and they don't look horrible anymore. Mm. They, you just see 
what came of them. The harder and the trial, the more the growth. Yes, that is true words. What was that, David? True words of... <laughs> is that like a quote you just made up? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were like <laughs> talking about something that tied into her law stuff. I was so excited. Oh, I was God. Like, what was <laughs> the hardest the trial. <laughs> the bigger the payout. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. The more billable hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby. Showbiz, baby. I don't do billable hours. Aww. Thank God. Thank God I don't do that anymore. Okay, so you, you finished law school in Akron. Yes. How, how do you end up in Arizona? Is there like a, a lot of leaps? Is there a lot going on in between there? Well, the Cleveland winter okay. was going on. So and I worked that. for I worked for my best friend's father in downtown Cleveland. The first law school or the first lawsuit I worked on had to do with Cleveland Browns, actually. And I thought, oh, I don't know. I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to do this. Why not? <laughs> Wait, so, so tell me about it. Or were you well, working on a lawsuit for the Cleveland Browns? It was for the, <laughs> it was for some of the season ticket holders because yeah. <laughs> they left and became the Baltimore Ravens. Boo! Boo! Anyway, and then I also did domestic relations work for this individual. And uh, was he a Cleveland Brown? He well, he was a Cleveland Browns fan. Oh, okay. He was a lawyer, and our office was right across the street from the stadium. So it was, it was actually it was a great experience, except that. Um, what you would call divorce work basically is brutal and i knew immediately okay this sucks this yeah. sucks and no i do not want to do this I, di I didn't feel like i was helping anybody do anything positive and i thought i just this is not what i worked my ass off for and uh it took me it took me three hours and 45 minutes to get home one day in january because the roads were so bad but my boss whom I love, was seriously brutal. And he's like, nope, we're staying. And all the weather advisories are like, no, no, close everything down, send yeah, people yeah. out. Yeah, not him. Uh-uh, no, we're staying, we're working. And I'm like, okay, great. We'll like argue about that couple's treadmill in the basement that nobody uses. And that's that's a good use of time. And then you'll time. sit in fucking four that's, hours yeah, of traffic Which on is the way exactly home. what happened. I get home, I call my sister, who my baby sister, who was in, uh, in ASU at the time in uh -huh. Phoenix. And she said, you sound miserable. And I said, I am. <laughs> she goes, why don't you come out here? I said, well, I, I don't want to take another bar exam. Like, I, I had just taken one six months earlier. And I thought, no way. And uh, she said, no, I, it's great out here. I love it. Why don't you just come live with me? And so I called the next day. And it was literally the last day of late telephone registration for the bar exam in February. So I moved out here. I took the bar literally like three weeks later. And how long had By the had grace it been... of God, I passed. Wow. So how long had it been since the last bar that you had taken at that point? They offer it twice a year. Okay. Cross country. So I had taken it in July and then this one was in February. Okay. So thank God you didn't space it like five years because I imagine the bar is kind of probably a little bit like and this i'm so dumb this is what i'm about to say i'm a fucking idiot um is like when you go to driving school and you have to take that test and it's like very particulars about stuff that maybe you'll never utilize or during like the your food law. service industry it, it's thing almost exactly like you know really the fucking bar bring me the bar i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> So um so you That's come out here. You're right. You're right though. Like five years would have sucked, but in at the time they didn't have reciprocity, right? So you had to take the bar no matter how long you had practiced somewhere else. And there was a seventy seven year old man that took it at the time I did. And so when we're all 
you know, sworn in. Everybody stands up and is clapping for this, like, 77-year-old. I remember at the time thinking, dude, what are you thinking? Like, why? Do you have to why? retake it every so why? often? Or is it is it like you take it once and you're in? Hell no. No, it's that's it. I once and you're never. done. So it's like once an Arizona done, driver's baby. license. Yeah. In but. fact, in, I think in Arizona, I can't remember which state, but if you take it, uh, three times and you don't pass you can't take it again you're done you're done done and you just wasted a shit ton of money and time holy shit but can yeah. you take your schooling from that state and go try and take it in another state mm, well most states have similar you know limitations but uh now it's a little bit different i mean we're talking like i said i'm really old so it was 23 years ago so it's wow. it's changed Can you quite a bit. Imagine how pissed you'd be. Well, yeah, but that experience you gain. <laughs> yeah, the harder the Who trial. Are you? <laughs> yeah, the harder the trial. The we've, bigger the payout. We, we've come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really short episode, guys. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Okay, so um, you, you're you're an attorney. I am. And then you are a mother. When did you have your uh, first kid? Uh, at the last NBA. Championship game. <laughs> when Michael Jordan signed when Michael, when Michael Jordan signed a baby Air Jordan shoe because he found out that the game was actually no lie, no lies, the truth, <laughs> playing in the delivery room. No kidding. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, we're not going to be viewing. We we recorded the two truths and a lie uh, earlier before this. And that was one of them. It was that Michael Jordan signed a baby shoe for which, is it a boy or a girl? Boy. A boy. Mm -hmm. Where's that shoe at? On my office desk. eBay. Oh, yeah. eBay. Yeah. Sorry, MJ. <laughs> no. Just just a crew in value. Yeah. Just in there, just gaining. It was very cool. That is very it cool. It was very cool. Yeah. So Because he was big stuff. I mean, he is still, obviously. But at the time, it was like the height of Michael Jordan. What year was that? 95? Oh, shit. Uh, when was Jake born? <laughs> oh, Jake. Okay, wait, wait, wait. 98, 98, 98. 98. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> Good job. Hey, happy birthday, Jake. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm just Coming kidding. up, he's going to be 21. No kidding. Yeah. What a, that's crazy to think 98 is 21 now. Yes, we're it getting is. getting older. Thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all getting older with you. So, 98 is <sighs> 21 and 15 will get you 40. <laughs> so, what I think that would be cool to talk about, and I know we're, we're at 22 minutes, I would like to start to kind of bring in the ethos of the podcast. And basically what we wanted to do here was talk about hardship. And when we were out to breakfast, you had said you had experienced a lot of loss. And then we know even more than just the loss that you had to be around Tara <laughs> while Tara was going through all of her hardship. And I can't tell you how many stories I've heard about Tara. <laughs> I've heard Tara tell me the same stories three times I, about Tara. I bet. <laughs> and when Tara She's tells a good those, storyteller, though. When Tara tells those stories, I think who had to deal with you and it was this angel <laughs> I will raise my hand you can't see it but I'm raising my hand <laughs> so I would love to hear sort of what you think would be a powerful topic for our listeners to hear that you have been through and then we'll kind of go to break and then kind of accentuate on that stuff so sure for you what do you think the most impactful or powerful thing you can bring to our viewers is I think for you guys I, I thought about this being 
being the lawyer, I prepare, right? Like, so that's my thing. So I thought... She has a ton of notes. I, <laughs> I No, I prepare so I don't need notes. But anyway, mm-hmm. so I, I looked last night and I'm thinking, all right, well, Tara had sent me the, I don't know what it is, like the, the title and it said, redefining the role as stepmom. And I thought, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I That's a rough, it's a rough topic. But honestly, it's not one that's talked about very much and I think uh I certainly have you know my own experience related to that Mm -hmm. I I grew up with a stepmother I lost my my mother when I was 11 so I moved in with my father and my stepmother so I I went through that experience and and then uh I had a lot of other things happen when I was when I was older and at that point I met Tara's dad Mm -hmm. so I was in a very difficult situation personally without bringing in a whole family and navigating through those waters has been extraordinarily challenging yeah extraordinarily rewarding um and there's a i i mean you could write books on the stuff. <laughs> Holy fuck. Well, I think this is the most powerful topic we could talk about. I'm the product of a uh, step parent. And so I think that what we should do is kind of go into that, especially leading into a Mother's Day special is kind of that uh, ideology and taking on that role and sort of what the challenges have been for you. Does that sound kind of like what you were thinking? Absolutely. What a beautiful topic. Kristen Rooney. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So Technicolor I- stepmom. <laughs> So I know we're a little bit early on the break, but I think it's the best time to do it because I think we'll just dive right back in the conversation. If we start now, I'll have to cut you off in five minutes. Okay. Okay? Okay. Well, thank you guys so much, and we'll be back after a quick break. It's the last week out. Run and tell your friends because it's the last week out. We got Chudzy and David. It's the last week out. Mm. Mm, I'm Chudzy. This is Anthony. And that's David over there. But you don't know that because this isn't video and it's just audio. But adjacent to my left would be Anthony. And adjacent to my right would be David. <laughs> yes, go. We have to thank Tara for filming that amazing intro for us. And we thought it would be so appropriate because we have her lovely stepmother on with us. Technicolor stepmom. She's here. And so we want to talk about being a stepmother and the trials of it. And we thought the best way to start talking about that was to kind of go over the age of the kids, the difference of them. And then when you met your stepchildren, how old they were and sort of the hardships of integrating the families because I can't even imagine, you know, how that uh, begins to happen. So maybe you can kind of fill me in on what that looked like when you were integrating families. Wow. It's a a much deeper question than you probably realize. I do that sometimes on accident. (laughs) And every once in a while intentionally. Just put them on the spot. Well, uh, okay. Well, First of all, 
you'd have to understand kind of where I was at the point where this all began. Mm-hmm. And I I was married uh, to my children's father. Okay. We were we were somewhat separated, and, but he suffered from bipolar disorder. Yeah. And uh, he came home one weekend and um, committed suicide in the Holy house. Holy shit. With my kids in the house. And oh, um, it was... It was obviously very, very traumatic. My my daughter, who was eight at the time, um, I mean, I have I have memories that are just burned in my brain, and one of them is when she was standing across the kitchen. She's just this little girl, and uh, the the hospice people were in the room because they had taken him out but i didn't know i didn't know if he had passed away or not mm-hmm. they they were doing cpr and all that business and uh but the police were there it was like a like dateline interview i mean they were there for four and a half hours asking me questions it was it was it was terrible but anyway during that process they had i don't know people come over or whatnot and and uh when they finally told me my daughter was across the room all by herself she was just standing there and I remember them saying that she just burst out crying and came running to me and and at the same time my son who's a very very sensitive soul um, was in another room talking to (laughs) my life coach at the time because my life coach happened to be a pastor and I'm I'm not the world's most religious person on earth but um, people talk about God moments and I haven't had many of those but that morning um, he was coming over to t- I had asked him as my life coach biz- he was more like a business coach basically yeah a few weeks prior I said my son's asking me all these questions about heaven and death and stuff because he had lost his grandmother and his grandfather that year my my husband's parents both passed away that year and uh he he was coming over to the house to talk to him i said look i i don't know shit about the bible i don't know about heaven i don't know what to tell him i have no idea please please come talk to him and so he that morning i i completely forgot he was coming over he, I hear this knock on the door, and all the police are there. Everybody's there. I open the door, and Ted, your pastor, Ted life sta- coach, standing Holy there at the front, front door. I'm here to talk about heaven. I'm like, oh my god! I just, you know, certain certain moments just sort of hit you. But I, I think it's important to understand that's the the traumatic day that happened and the 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 events that happened after that were were so significant that I became very protective of my kids yeah you know I just I and I also became an idiot and did a bunch of stupid stuff like the hockey team but that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> whole different whole different podcast but anyway okay. um so at that point I was basically a mess and and Adam uh was also a mess. <laughs> so this was like this was early 2000s. This is before I met Adam. This was um in fact the first time I was supposed to call Adam was uh Josh and Laura who owned the gym that I went to said 
I said, I have to have this funeral service at my house. Like, I, the floors are a mess. Like, because you just worry about stupid shit when you're in that state, right? Right. So they said, oh, well, our friend does flooring. You have to call, you have to call Adam. Of course, he never called me, so I didn't meet him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Tony ended up doing my floors. <laughs> and then my family got really weird and blamed me. And so we didn't have the funeral service or the memorial service at my house anyway. But my floors got done by Tony. Needless to say, I did not meet Adam at that point. I met him um, about a year later. And for but those listening, Adam is your current husband. Adam is my current husband Great, and also know. Tara's dad. Tara's dad, okay. Yes, and the That's apple, like apple does not, yeah. not fall far from the tree. Let's just forget <laughs> that. So if you know Tara, you also know Adam <laughs> uh, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways. A lot of really good ways, actually. Yeah. A lot of crazy, crazy. David and I could have conversations at a later date, but anyway, <laughs> I'll be on the next. I'll be yes. the after show, the after party. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, I know we're we're talking about stepmoms and being a parent, but I, I think people don't talk about that a lot because because to me each situation is so very different. Yeah. Uh, and it's really important to recognize, from my view, it's very important to recognize everybody as an individual and their circumstances are different. Um, you know, I and I, when I met uh, Adam, he, he, <laughs> like I said, he was a mess. He had left his wife after, you know, I, I had been married 16 years at the time and he had been married almost 20, I think, if I remember correctly. Wow. So, you know, our we had a whole history we had a whole life that happened before we met each other yep. and we had kids that we raised without even knowing the other person so it was it was you know it's not an easy thing right it's not an easy thing and when i i met him um my kids had obviously been through some very traumatic stuff not to mention the fact that my son has adhd and 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 i mean not just the kind where you throw a riddle in at them but he had like severe adhd and we were struggling with that and he has probably has some tendencies towards depression and whatnot mm -hmm. mostly because both his parents do and then we bring in you know adam who's a, a wreck and his whole life is flipped upside down he's uh, a mess and has three kids of his own one of whom has asperger's one of whom happened to be a heroin addict at the time <laughs> And the other one was trying very, very hard to be an adult at a really young age. And, um, you know, obviously their, their mother was going through stuff also. So it was a, it was a big, like, chaotic mess. So prior <laughs> to Adam, It's yeah. what it was when yeah, we started. no shit. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was... <laughs> so prior to Adam... Rough. Were you open to even dating? How did you even segue into that? Because it seems to me that that's not, in my mind, the perfect... <laughs> world to walk into so I imagine there's a, an immense connection that happens between yeah. you and Adam yeah that kind of perpetuates overcoming all of this hardship that you guys are going through it, so, it was yeah. I think we both felt like we were alone in a lot of ways and uh, 
we're we're tired of being alone too. Fuck yeah! You ever you ever tell him that he's lucky that he ended up with Tony the flooring guy instead of <laughs> instead of Adam Adam the flooring? Guy? That would have to be a joke because you'd have to see Tony. <laughs> hey Tony, hey, do, do, your, do your floors. What do you want? I have told him many times he's very lucky. He's good looking. <laughs> like very very lucky. It'll carry you only so far, huh? Yeah. Well, it's carried him eight years. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so you guys meet. Yes. How long before you guys integrate the families? Was that right away? Well, um, <laughs> n- no, it was not. It was um, because of their ages at the time, you know, uh, uh, Tara being in the position she was in at the time. Um, which is uh, a fucking out rag. of her fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she, she was. And uh, you know, one of the things that a step parent yay gets to do a lot of times that um, I think everybody looks at them like they're they're the bad guy, right? Because sometimes you have to be because as a parent as a mother or a father, when your child is in that state where they're just in desperate need of help but in a way where you you don't want to admit it and there's a huge amount of denial Mm -hmm. so the parents who raised this child this beautiful girl don't want to see what's happening and you know and i my personality is like i'm I'm the fixer like we got to get in the shit and figure it out and Mm -hmm. make it better yeah and everybody's like well there's what's the problem i'm like uh there's a lot of problems. <laughs> it's a big problem. You're like, oh, this so is a I, fucking I, mess. Yeah. Okay. At the time, I I realized it the first time. I think I had Adam had asked um, when we were dating if I could represent Taryn. She had been in a car accident with basically a bunch of drunk kids that were high, and it was a bit, it was a mess. And I said yes, and we they had a very small policy so anyway we went to this mediation with all these people around and and this is still in my type a personality like you know i'm in my suit and doing my thing and right. and she's high as a fucking kite in the in the mediation like she's just she's she's sweating and bouncing and everything and i'm lo- <laughs> and adam's with me he's at the mediation also and i'm looking and i'm like oh my god and the mediator pulled me out and and asked me you know is everything okay and was like basically like what's going on and i told adam afterwards i said we we have to do something she's going to be 18 and you're going to have a really hard time if you do not do something and so we were we were really fortunate um i think mostly that she wanted help yeah she she wanted it. I mean, there were there were moments she said otherwise, but but she really wanted it. So the the obviously you know five years later we have a great story. But um, it, there were some you know like the the memory that I have of Grace standing across the room. I have memories like that. Grace is your hair. youngest daughter. Grace is my youngest yeah. daughter. Yeah. Well, when did you start to be? Have you been able to take on the role as an authoritarian in that family? Or has it just always been a dynamic that you sort of have to constantly work and play the it was field with? D- it was different depending on which child you're talking about. Because one, like Haley, for example, was almost an adult at the time that I met her. And she did not live with me. So it's 
that's been, you know, I would say a different type of situation. Tara um, was its own deal. And then Ryan, (laughs) you know, Ryan had some issues as well. And he came to live with me right away. So even though he was older, he calls me mom. We, we have a, a really close bond. Wow. So it's, it's different. And I, and that's okay. It's every kid is different. Yeah. Well, what about your kids with Adam? They love Adam. Do they? I am blessed beyond. Uh, I had dated one other person before I met Adam after their father passed away, and uh, that did not go well from my kid's perspective in particular. Weren't a fan. Jake hated him. Yeah. Like, hated him. (laughs) So I was... It was it was hard. I mean, kids, you can't expect a child to say, oh, yay, mommy's dating someone new. This is great. Right. I mean, and, and you know, it doesn't mean that they, that men and women shouldn't do that, and I wouldn't <laughs> say otherwise, but I, I don't think people really recognize truly how hard it is for for kids i mean i went i went through that yeah i i had i had a stepmother i lost my mother uh when i was 11 and my parents had previously divorced so i had been living as a child with my sister and my mom so when she died we moved in with my dad and my stepmother yeah and i was 11 almost 12 at the time so is your stepmother still alive yes so she's going to get a happy Mother's Day tomorrow. She is. Okay. And she how is. was your relationship with her? It was piss poor in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was stubborn. I was I was a bitch, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was. Uh, and I it really developed how I how I dealt with all of the new stuff that's happened to me. It, um, I think it, <laughs> one of the things about having a step-parent is that they are not going to be like your parent. Chances are they're going to have a lot of qualities that are completely different than your parent because that's why your parents got divorced and they're with somebody new, right? <laughs> like so there are clearly going to be at least some aspects of that person that are polar opposite of what you're used to. Yeah. And as a kid that's hard to shift. You're like, "Oh, well this is my parent, this is how they raised me, this is what's supposed to happen." And then suddenly you're in this different environment being told completely different things. So yeah, I was really sensitive to that. I think, I think too much so. Yeah. Too much so. And so I, I chose to stay back. I didn't want to step on any toes and whatnot. And I, I regret that. Do you look back now being a stepmom and appreciate your stepmother more? as a result of that more than i could possibly put into words <laughs> oh my god because i think as, as the older i get i look at my stepfather my stepfather god i want to say i was 12 when i moved in with him i might have been a little bit younger than that and he probably had two or three decent years with me and then drugs and alcohol started to become a part of my life and then trouble i can remember him picking me up from the police station and he was just the most hard-nosed man i mean he was go to work do your business, come home, be a family man. He's a rock. He's a he's a lighthouse in a, you know, ocean. And I just began spiraling out and just put so much pressure on my family. And I was never the kid that was like, you know, fuck you, you're not my dad or anything along those mm-hmm. lines. But I think I was was trying to grow up and and trying to navigate and he was trying to keep his hands back, but I look back now 
And I'm like, holy shit. Do you have kids? I, I actually have my first child on the way right now. My first child will be born in September. Yeah, thank you. You will know even more. You'll have a greater appreciation as a child grows up. Holy fuck. You, you can't, and it's not that you know you're just younger or whatever it's that it's just an experience and until you have that particular experience you can't necessarily fully appreciate what it's what it's all about so you uh, you start to be the stepmom to tear she's a she's a mess mm-hmm. Haley's grown ryan's a kid and ryan's taking you in well and then tara gets well mm-hmm. and you get to play a part of that too what has that been like is sort of watching tara evolve and get better because I think for our guests they've heard Tara on the show before and it's really cool that we get to say things like she was a fucking mess because you know had we lost her lord fucking forbid you know you look at things like that and and we lose we lose friends in the middle of this mess and this storm and I've I've heard many people say hey you almost killed a person you'd never met like Tara never almost got to be the person that she is today and it's like we get to laugh at you know she was a fucking mess we all could say but had we lost her and, and you say that, I don't know. I, I mean, when we talk to grieving parents, sometimes I haven't got a lot of grieving parents who are completely out of the storm. And we get to say, hey, yeah, your kid was a fucking mess. And just right. Like, That's when they sure. Died. But they kind of know um, watching Tara evolve yeah. and come to has your relationship gotten better? Because I, I would look back and I'm like, Tara, when you're on <laughs> drugs and alcohol, your dad got together with the best possible person that you could have. She kept you out of jail. (laughs) Well, you kept her out of jail. You're a good support. You cared. You weren't a wreck. I cared. I cared a lot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it was interesting because when I first met her, like I said, I was the one that was like, oh, we have a problem here. We definitely have a problem. Problem, problem. But, um, I remember even then all of Adam's friends, because he had kind of the same circle of friends, which was weird, yeah. that I did because we had never we had never met, which was odd because it, Anthem's a small community. But, um, and because he doesn't return phone calls. That, mm-hmm. too. That, too. That's <laughs> still an issue. But uh, so it was, it was odd that I didn't know him, but I think, I, I don't know, I, I'm not... I completely lost my train of thought. Just so Tara, but, you were saying when you came in, uh, you know, it was hard oh, because oh, you were I remember. sound in so the, the sirens. Yes. Yeah, so this circle of friends had all these things to say about Tara because they basically grew up with her also. But there were some of my friends and I, she's amazing. She's just such a light. She's such a beautiful girl and beautiful, not just on the outside, but inside as well. And, and I thought, are you sure? This Tara? <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I just. <laughs> Are you talking about terrible Tara? <laughs> but they did. Everybody that I met had. She was just this light, and I knew. I could just tell she's a special person. Yeah. She was a special person, and uh, I thought, well, we gotta, we gotta fix this. And not that I fixed it. She did. She did it. But in the end, now we see her now, and I. I know that person that everybody was talking about before, and yeah. that's awesome. Do you think that that, because you, you're type A, yeah, and you were type A for a long time, and I now was. life is beating the shit. Now, this was a part of it, I would assume. Yes. It's like your perspective <laughs> on drug addiction prior. Had you had any experience with that in your family prior to Tara? Not in my family. My Well, my, my husband. Um, they put him on Oxycontin. He had a herniated disc in his neck. They put him on Oxycontin. He was he was addicted to it the last 
probably a year and a half of his life. Fuck. Yeah. And so did Tara push the envelope with you to sort of expanding some of your understanding to what drug addiction was? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you didn't mean that to be funny, but, uh, <laughs> but holy shit. Yeah. That <laughs> was an envelope so much as like an ocean of information. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so for you nowadays, um, your patience with that stuff is maybe a little bit higher, do you think? Or your understanding to compassion or... Anything along you know, those lines? I've always been a very, very compassionate person. I can honestly say, as I sit here right now, I am one of those people that used to feel like drug addiction was a bad choice. It was a bad choice, and like, just fix it yourself because it's your choice and you're, you're fucked up, yeah. basically. And, you know, you're talking to somebody who never even smoked a cigarette. You've never smoked a cigarette? No. Fucking get the cigarettes out. No, <laughs> actually, well, technically, I did take one like hit. I guess you take on a on a clove cigarette at my grandma's house when I was in seventh grade. But and that was enough. That, that sucked. That doesn't count. That was horrible. That doesn't count. That was horrible. Why did so you I avoid? Did. So what? what I have smoked alcohol? pot though, like three times. Okay, I would just like to put that three out times there. today, or <laughs> yeah, you, you just weren't a fan. Uh, it made me really paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we like. I w- see, I, I have anxiety issues, so I was hoping that it would do the opposite. So that kind of sucked. But but I was one of those people. I really believed, like, you know, I thought I was better than that. I'm like, I'm, I did. I mean, I'm, and that's really hard to look at you guys and say that out loud. But oh, I, we're all drug addicts but I was, for the listeners. But I was, <laughs> I will never get you your first hard drug. I'll get you your first hard dick. Yeah. So, so you never, you just were never really interested. You were like set on a course. As yeah, a, but I also knew my personality type. I mean, I, I, I knew like Coke, for example. Mm-hmm. I think I'd really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Lawyer yeah, snorting like Coke it. in the office. Yeah. Let's get this case. Yeah, I know that I would get enjoy that a case. lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah, what they like, say. Like, like it would be bad. Like if I went down that road, I knew I knew my whole life it would be bad, right? Yeah. I mean, I like okay. I know this isn't a big deal, but I would drink Diet Coke, caffeine, right? Guess how many cans of Diet Coke I drank per day before I stopped drinking it? Four. Nope. Seven. Nope. More? Yeah. Twelve. Nope. Uh, how many fucking cans of Coke can one person drink? You gotta tell. Apparently us. sixteen. Holy shit! Whoa! I love Diet Coke. A day, every day, Coke? every day. You can sponsor our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> They used to tell me, like, I, I, everybody would send me articles about what it's doing to my brain and kind of stuff. Well, so, were they right? No. No. Fucking, no. You're no fine. But I still stopped. So. Yeah, I put enough coke I, and heroin in my body. Look at me. I'm feeling great. But it's I, like when they say every time you take ecstasy, it's like taking an ice cream scoop out of your brain. If that was the case, I'd have no brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you knew. You were just like, no. Yeah, I, I knew. Okay. And, and because I made the choice not to do that, I thought, well, why can't other people? Because I think I'm that person mm-hmm. i'm thinking i'm the person that would be seriously in trouble if i ever did yeah so i thought well there's you know and and that perspective has completely changed what a beautiful i mean it it's terrible when the hardships have to shift it and change it but in the next breath i think that goes to david's is the bigger the trial the <laughs> bigger the payout right was that the quote yeah, david I really like that <laughs> <laughs> so oh my god that's so, a great drop. Hold on, how, hold on. Let's listen to that real oh quick again. Oh my god! I 
think I'd really like that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a good one. So that's seductive. a keeper forever. I don't even remember saying that. that. That's what it is. We're just in the groove. So today, yes. how's everything going? Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, you know, I still owe the IRS a shit ton of money. But Why? Other than that, uh, I had I had my own issues with certain addictions <laughs> not drug related oh and I was gonna say was it crack no you just said I didn't do any hard drugs I did smoke a little crack though no. every now and then so I basically let my life fall apart much like probably a lot of drug addicts do no kidding uh yeah please share we have some more time are you sure yes like I got like a, okay well, well we'll just run through it okay okay was, what was it what was the problem gambling gambling yeah we fucking yeah. I could see it. I, not on you, but I could see that <laughs> gambling. I have friends, and gambling I really is such. <laughs> I really, I really did. It. I really liked it. So, gambling is actually, this is, and I don't know, David maybe can fact check, but I hear that gambling has the highest suicide rate in their addiction I uh, community. I believe. I made several calls to the suicide hotline on the way home from the casino in my several years. Holy fuck. When yeah. did that pick up? When did you start gambling? Um, after, after I lost a shit ton of money in the hockey team. And that was probably not long after your husband passed. Yes. So correct. you're, you started gambling. What do you play? Blackjack. Blackjack, baby. Yeah, blackjack. Baby. Big wins, big losses. Yeah, it's fast. Okay. And so you were just spending money at the casinos. Yeah, I would fast. not leave until I lost everything I had. So you wouldn't even win? No. I, I mean, I won. I won. I mean, I was a a lot at any given time but I would not leave I wouldn't leave holy shit yeah yeah gambling is a powerful thing I, I look at our community and in the drug addict community people do have uh, cross addictions and things like that I'm and, sure yeah and and it's not everyone though I mean we play cards and I remember I think we're really I don't even know if tangential would be the word but we're really cautious to kind of start talking about like oh is this a problem for us of course and 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 to kind of look at it because for me I can fall into anything that disconnects me for a short amount of time right like video games I'll just play for disassociating yeah, just that was no realities me. absolutely okay so you, you it's start just a different form of it so you owe the IRS money because you won a ton of money at the casino that you were supposed mm -hmm. to pay taxes on no because I let my life fall apart I didn't pay attention to what people were doing and I got oh <laughs> you were too into gambling to worry about the taxes on your business side yeah holy shit yeah Okay, and then so tell me about the coming out of gambling. Tell me what that's looked like. Uh, it's been it's been an enlightening. I um, you know, I'm not one to I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> As we all know. Well, type A is asking for help might be a hard fucking thing to do. Yeah, I, I like for me, it took me a long time to realize I had an issue because intellectually it didn't make any sense to me. I thought, well, I should be like there. There's nothing stopping me. Just like I thought about drug addicts yeah. and everybody Why don't else. You like, just, stop? just use your freaking willpower and your brain power and your intellectual ability and say this is not a good choice and I will be leaving now. Right. But I, I couldn't. And I, and I just struggled with that for a really long time because I just, it made no sense to me. So you'd make the oath and then you'd be back again. Yeah. yeah. I went to several Gamblers Anonymous meetings and have several one day chips. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so is there was there a climax to your gambling problem or are we still trying are we working on it still? 
We're still working on drug addiction. I would say definitely still working on it. Okay. Definitely. I, th- I, I, there are a lot of contributing factors mixed in with that, but it's, uh, it's, it's something I think in a little while I will talk a lot more about. And you'll it, be it, strong and confident in it. Yeah, I have a lot to say about it, but I'm not completely prepared to do that. Yeah, right? no, yeah. I get it. But I think it's 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 a really big issue that I think people haven't addressed. So if someone's out there struggling with gambling addiction or, or thinking that they might, what would you just really say to them to maybe help them out right now? I would say go go to a place where there are other people that understand that and talk to them yeah not the casino though yeah not the casino okay even good. though unfortunately a lot of people there do understand it right and i had several pit bosses <laughs> walk me to the door because they they knew they're just like they said we should Kristen. Let, let's just let's just go holy yeah it was bad it's like a drug dealer yeah, walking yeah. you outside it was it was let's say hey, and boy, it, that's what buddy, it felt like i can't sell to you today let's, yeah let's let's take you to rehab yeah it was bad it was truly it's a it's a and from someone like me to yeah. have that somebody look at me like that was a low point right well well and a humbling point i think that for most of us and even in our recovery so the good thing about the people sitting in the room here and then even Tara was we seemingly got into recovery from what ailed us the most really young, mm-hmm. right? I mean, most of us didn't even hit our mid twenties. David, you got sober at what? Right age? at 30. Right at 30. And I think Chad 20, 20 and then me 24 and Tara 18 or mm-hmm. seven. And so for a lot of us, we are taking pride in ourselves. And we're like, wow, look at the conviction. Look at, there's no doubt in our minds that there is some power outside of our own control that's intervening and this amount of grace that's underlining all of our sobriety and this beautiful life that we have because we've merely evaded tragedy over and over. Right. But it is hard for us even now to look at when we are sliding into self-destructive behaviors. Absolutely. And so for you waiting as long as you did to even hit a moment like that I couldn't even imagine going through everything you went through as far as the losses you had talked about um, raising these kids finding a, a you know another husband and, and working on these things and being an attorney and balancing you're just like you're fucking spinning 90 plates mm-hmm. and then to be able to have to admit like hey guess what this fucking plate over here yeah. is knocking all it's, the other ones down yeah, so this spinning plate is out of control (laughs) yeah it's new for you it's fallen and broken on the floor i feel like we have an advantage in the fact that uh we fucked up enough plates that for us it's like i've been here before i (laughs) i have the ability to just completely tear my life uh down and light it on fire so that's amazingly powerful to hear you at what age was it like 40s in your 40s -hmm. running into this problem that you had to reach out and start to get help for yeah wow thank you for sharing that thank you Yeah, thank you very, very much for sharing that. And my thought is just this. I'm sitting here and you're telling the story about the pit boss. And it's like that experience for me, I've had that exact experience, totally different outside circumstances. And the idea of a pit boss is someone totally different, right? But I've had that humbling experience and it is so necessary. It is so necessary to have that experience in order to grow. So like for me, I'm extremely grateful and I am extremely, uh, you know, I'm going to use the word proud, but I don't want to, but I'm extremely proud to be a drug addict, right? Who's in recovery because that means I've had an experience 
that has propelled me to that next tier, to that next level. And, and I hope that maybe that happens for you. I hope that someday, because I know it's difficult to talk about being, you know, addicted to gambling or being Gamblers Anonymous. And I can see it in your face when you're talking. But, you know, I just hope and pray that you have that experience to where it, it's not. And it's something that you can say out loud. And it's not something that's difficult to talk about because that moment is going to be so beautiful. Because you have something, you have an experience that is going to help somebody else someday. Mm-hmm. That is going to be so absolutely beautiful. And I just, I, I hope that you have that experience. Well, I, think, I think that's really, for, for what it's worth, that's that's what I'm talking about. I think I'm, if my friend asked me, you said you had a, you know, come to Jesus meeting with yourself. And I said, but yeah, I think I know what I want to do. And she's like, what is it? And it has a little bit to do with that. I think I'm going to. I'm going to get out there and, and share a lot of Well, we're going to bring stuff. you on when you do. And not only not only that, but also the wealth of experience you've had with everything you've talked about with being mm-hmm. a stepmom and going through all this loss and going through all this like tragedy and traumatic experiences. You have all this ammunition that is going to be so helpful to somebody. It probably already ha- has been extremely helpful to other people. I hope so. It has. You, you have done an immense amount sitting across from me today, having these conversations with Anthony and just being strong and convicted in your beliefs and your experience. And it has done a lot for me. And I'm just, I'm just sitting here in complete awe and gratitude. And I thank you very, very much for everything that you've shared today. I really do. Yeah. Thank thank you for coming on. Thank you. It was, it was enlightening for me as well. (laughs) No, truly, truly. Thank you. That's what we're trying to do here. Human connection, man. Transparency. That's how, that's how we, it's my experience. My experience is rooted in transparency is when I'm transparent with something in my life that is negative for whatever reason, it becomes positive and it becomes that ammunition. It lightens the load. It as lightens soon as you put it load. out there. It's, it's halfway floated away. Already. That's why I say I got pepperoni nipples. Cause it's no. like, right? if I just say I now got, pepper- gone. Then you I got pepperoni nipples. Gone. No, they're still there. The harder the trial, the harder the payout, the harder the flick, the less seconds it takes to turn into a regular nipple. That's all <laughs> okay, I'm saying. There you go. It, oh, but oh. To bring it all back. Right. Is like that transparency. It's like, I have learned through trial and error that that transparency is going to make me a stronger individual it is going to make me a more positive a more happier and just love myself because that's the biggest thing when i believe when i'm dealing with any kind of like obsessive behaviors is that i lack of love for myself so i'm trying to find this love in other objects and things and people right so to come to that moment of looking at myself in the mirror and going i fucking love you dude you're a good dude and mean it and mean it and mean it and being like damn you're looking good too keep <laughs> dieting keep working out keep doing your thing man that's okay you got pepperoni nipples and a hairy back who cares who cares i got a colic of hair on the back of my calf you guys can't see this that is but sexy look at that dude sexy. look at that that's how hairy my legs are there's a cowlick on my i think i'd really calf. like that oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Fuck you, you're not my dad Oh my god <laughs> Well that's a good clip oh, That was yeah. a good one <laughs> I had to play it before we ended here Yeah, oh, we gotta, we gotta end it Again, thank you so much Big shouts out to just everyone in this room yep. Just big shouts out to you Big shouts out again, like I said last week To Steve Wren If you haven't followed him yet on Instagram The dude that was just an amazing individual individual to me as a, as a child Get on there and follow him. Shoot him a DM and say thank you. Shoot us a DM. Shoot us. Yeah, no 
Well, shoot us a DM. Shouts out to us. Follow us on Spotify. And shouts out to all the moms out there, dude, on Mother's Happy Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mom's Day. Okay, bye. Love you. Peace.